0: that's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
2: 18 plus. Tell you what, Audrey, there isn't a hotter ticket in Pittsburgh, besides Hamilton, of course, <laughs> than tuning into Tech Vibe Radio. I mean, come on. If you have your choices, you're either going to take those tickets or you're going to listen to Tech Vibe. And from what I can tell, most Are people— Are you going to Hamilton? No. Why not? How can I get tickets? That's why I'm listening to Tech Vibe Radio tonight. <laughs> okay. I've got no other choice. <laughs> You've been relegated to listening to Tech Vibe Radio because you do not have tickets to Hamilton tonight. And that's okay (laughs) because we're going to be way more fun than Hamilton. We could sing if we wanted to.
3: We could. We could rap.
2: We could rap if we wanted to. But, you know, we don't Mm -hmm. want to give it all away. It's just the introduction of the show. So you're going to have to keep yourself tuned. Actually, Audrey, so you know what? Over the uh, holiday break. Did a lot of interviews in our new podcast room at Nova Place. Mm-hmm. So excited, you know. Last night we just broke in with our our, our new studio and our new office with our, our open house we had last night. Right, very exciting. Really? And so we recorded a bunch of different things over the past couple of weeks. Had some great guests stop by, just getting some podcasting on our belt, and we're going to play those interviews tonight. But I'm glad you got to join me for this intro because I was flying solo, Audrey. When I, I did these you things, were. you were you were you were. Zooming around the world in different places, different locales. <laughs> and it's kind of weird when I'm doing tech vibe without you at my side. So yeah, well, I'm back. I, I and you're back. So Audrey, this week was a pretty cool week for you.
3: Well, we did I actually did a um like a fireside chat interview, yeah, kind of um slash speech at the Professional Convention Management Association.
2: That's like PCMA, also, right?
3: PCMA. That's how I know that. And that is. they came to Pittsburgh. For like three days, four Big days, deal. like 4,000 people. A lot of people in Pittsburgh. Came. They came from all over the world. Um, it was interesting to see all the booths, by the way. Yeah. Seeing the booths like Austin had a booth in Chicago. Oh, really? and, Oh, yeah, That's yeah, like, yeah. Like, and I they think... were giving stuff away. But I didn't have enough time to hang out there. Was there a picture of like long
2: head, long, long antler? Um... No, it was hipper. It was okay. hipper. No, it was it's much hipper short, than that. It wasn't
3: tough. So they're all in town. This is their professional development. This is also their networking and this is also their educational. Ah. So they're here, Pittsburgh is the backdrop. And they went in their, their hometown is Chicago. So that yeah. was cool. I got a chance to talk to people who yeah. had never been to Pittsburgh before and they were from Chicago. A lot of people had never been to Pittsburgh, so I imagine the town really reaped the benefits. And I had a chance to talk about uh innovation, building innovation in a city that's sort of resurrected or rebranding themselves. Given some of the Pittsburgh tech story. It, a little bit. Okay. It's all, it's all, it was really more hands-on. Like, how does that work? How do you move a region? What does it mean to move a region? How do you – Yeah. what are some of the variables? You know, of course people are like, well, you know, don't you just follow the recipe of Silicon Valley? I'm like, no. Never.
2: That's the no. worst recipe Negative. in the world. It's it the always, worst recipe. It burns in the oven.
3: No, but it doesn't even match it doesn't even match who our assets are yeah, we can't are. even try to do that yeah ridiculous so that was great good conversation i had a great um moderator her name is holly ransom and she's out of melbourne australia Whoa. and she actually holly did ransom a, holly ransom actually interviewed obama Crikey. really yeah she did obama i was like wow this is sort of cool and then you and then me Now, her career is complete. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) She was great. She was a great moderator, actually. She was a great. So, what kind of questions was she asking? Well, she actually is more provocative. She was asking questions, you know, about, um, you know, things like, what do you do to attract startups here? And I said, why would I want to attract startups here? We want to attract bigger companies who have a presence here. Yeah, startup smart ups, right? Well, no. I, I said, know. we have startups that are building their own ecosystem, and they're bu- that's who we want to support. Right. We don't necessarily need to attract. Attract them, right. Like, attract them here. I mean, obviously, the hardware cup attracts people here. Yeah. So that, that was sort of funny. And then she also talked about what it's like to have all these different stakeholders across a region. Hmm. And, uh, you know, and I gave her a little bit about my bio just coming into Pittsburgh. Right, right, right. right. And sort of being um, the dark horse, so to speak. And uh, what it was like being welcomed here, and what that might look like, and people from other cities actually talked about that, that's like awesome. Houston, Toronto, Houston. talking about yeah, you know Houston. I know Houston. That's Jonathan was baby there or whatever mid Absolutely. mid mid elementary school home of the Dairy Ashford Roller Rink, <laughs> where I learned from the mean
2: streets just what it meant to be twelve, growing up. But I digress. Right. So
3: Houston, <laughs> but people were from all over the world. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, you know, so people from California, people everywhere, and they were just interested in this story of resurrection and what kind of innovation right. is occurring here. So that Excellent. was cool. That's an honor to be able to do that. Yeah, It was. To
2: tell that. So you're like the representative of Pittsburgh's tech industry saying this yeah. is how tech is growing in Pittsburgh. And, and here's what
3: of our, what are our um, issues and what yeah. are our opportunities and what's happening at the global level and national level that you know, certainly will impede or assist our ability to move forward. Absolutely. So it was was very cool. I was very honored to be there. And I was very stoked that so many people came to Pittsburgh, particularly in January, when it's so warm out. (laughs) It was so warm out. It was pretty warm last week. Remember, Jonathan? It's like, you're having that convention in January in in Pittsburgh. Stop. I know. We cannot do that. you got to stop talking about the weather. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Exactly. It's so boring. It is. It's passive. It's so boring, it's right? Like,
2: it's like saying it's inexpensive to live here,
3: right? Okay, it's so it. who cares? It's and not, it's not.
2: It's, it's actually. I'm thanking God. It's getting a little more expensive to live in Pittsburgh because that just means one thing: my property values keep going up. Exactly. I like that. I like that. I like that exactly.
3: So that was that was great. My hats off to visit Pittsburgh. That's quite a feat to come off pulling that off. It was at the For convention sure. center. Yeah. There were lots of people there. There's lots of moving pieces and parts. So Visit Pittsburgh is a good partner of they ours. They are, absolutely. And I was very excited. So glad
2: they invited you to do that. Yeah, was that was great. So, Audrey, everything you talked about is on tonight's show. You realize? Everything? Pretty much. We have a nice little slice of everything going on. So tonight, Audrey, I interviewed Joel Reed from I Am Robotics. They actually received one of the bigger investments last year, $20 bucks, to scale that company. All about, you know, being able to do uh, robotics in the warehouse, which is, obviously, Pittsburgh is so well-known for its robotics industry. And one of my favorite companies, Blast Point, Allison Alvarez.
3: I know. She
2: is super rad. That's all I can say. I just... Man, talk about if there's you a problem. A work
3: crush on her? I think I might.
2: I'm just saying, man. She knows what she's doing. She's wicked smart. <laughs> she's building. She's hiring people, and she's making analytics easy and actionable through big data, which I think is just fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, Audrey, guess who else is stopping by the show tonight? Who? someone who you know quite well. One man, Justin Driscoll Ooh, from Tech he's Elevator. By. Wow, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Wow, so I let him stop by again. Told him there were conditions. You let him. I told him there were conditions, though. There were conditions. He had to be you know, on his best behavior because we know how Justin can act <laughs> up sometimes, if you know what I mean. You know, Justin's one of the nicest guys ever. On
3: this planet. He, he is, makes you look like a criminal.
2: Dude, I am a criminal compared to Justin. I
3: know. He basically. really does.
2: Absolutely. But I'm so excited for Justin because he's leading up Tech Elevator here. They've been graduating cohorts it's been of-
3: cr- a, It's been fabulous. Yeah.
2: And, and so for cohorts of folks that are learning computer programming skills and getting jobs, good, high-paying jobs- not just the high, not not just the jobs, but the fact that we have employers here that need people in these positions. So we're kind of solving many problems at one point here, Audrey. People that need skills, companies that need skilled people, what's not to like about this? Good so, times. Yeah, so they're going to detail more with what's going on, Audrey. So I think, anyhow, I'm glad you're back in the studio with us. Doing what we're doing here and uh, looking forward to more Tech Vibe Radio in 2019
3: because we man, right. so many cool stories to tell. And looking forward to doing some cool stuff out at Nova Place. I know. Where we're located now. So excited to be in the north side. Look for tons
2: more podcasts around all types of fun I stuff know, that's around way tech fun. in Pittsburgh. Lots of verticals. We'll be diving in deep on a lot of this stuff. We'll be pruning a lot on the show and we'll tell people to go to our website at pghtech.org and start learning about all the great things making Pittsburgh be the cool city that it is. But not not always so cool in January, though. It gets warmer here in January. It's been great. <laughs> I digress. Anyhow, we're taking a quick break. We're coming right back. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And like we've always said, we're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Go to pghtech.org. Fly on over to Twitter, at PGH Tech. So much stuff going on. More Tech Vibe Radio coming right your way. I swear. So glad you're listening to Tech Vibe Radio tonight. Always a pleasure to bring you the best and brightest of what's making Pittsburgh's technology sector pop. Not just the tech sector, but the tech sector is making all of Pittsburgh pop as far as I'm concerned. And one of, the, one of the big pops we had back in 2018 was when I Am Robotics Landed a bit of uh, investment to really scale things up, and it was, I think, one of the biggest investments in robotics in Pittsburgh, if not one of the bigger VC deals in Pittsburgh in general across all industry categories. And that's I Am Robotics. And we have Joel Reed here with us, the CEO of I Am Robotics. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Hey, Jonathan. And congratulations on the big raise. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's a big deal to raise that kind of money, and you know that is not an easy task.
0: It's a big deal for us. It's a big deal in the robotics space and for Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, I say, it definitely puts Pittsburgh in this position where people start noticing these types of investments here, and they realize that there are these types of companies. There's that kind of deal flow here. Yeah. In Pittsburgh. So that's just very exciting all the way
0: around. I, I think it's also a good sign when something like that is just another news brief and it uh, comes rather, <laughs> rather than being the decade story. The decade story, right. exactly.
2: I that, think that's, that's a really cool way of looking at it. But we're really proud of you guys because, I mean, that's, that's what you need to get to that next level. Before we kind of dive into what you're going to be doing, we need to let our listeners know about what you're doing now yeah. and how you're going to be scaling that and growing that with this 20000000 uh, 20 bucks million that's been put into the company. Okay. So,
0: and then first off, who is jewelry? of course? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been in the uh, tech sector, uh, as you know, for a long time. I um, actually cut my teeth in robotics uh, with Seagrid, with right. which is an existing company here in the area, doing well. And that's where I really got to understand autonomous robots uh, in warehousing environments. And... So I connected with uh, IAM's founder, Tom Galuzzo. We yeah. have been in touch over the years and started um, a little over a year ago, right. primarily in uh, sales and, and marketing, um, but quickly um, saw, the, you know, the, the founders saw an opportunity to uh, begin scaling the business and, and asked me to step into the CEO role. And that role. became
2: your bit, your, that was your job then to kind of start looking at those term sheets and start looking at the terms and conditions and... Who could who would be the best investment for the company? Right.
0: Tom's been raising money, okay. um, in, mostly from from angels and and small institutional investors, and uh, in 2017 put together a concerted effort uh, to go after a serious Series A uh, round. Um, I uh, early on was supporting that effort, um, but through the transition, um, moved into the CEO gotcha. role. And I think it's um, you know it's an important story, and I give Tom a lot of credit. When you have technical founders, right uh, to scale, it's not that individuals can't do all of this stuff. Exactly, but, right. but it makes a lot of sense to uh, uh, to focus in in of strength and allow other people uh, to be able to enable that scale. That's what I was able to provide. I love it when,
2: when the peanut butter and the jelly come together, you get a great sandwich, <laughs> as simple as that. So, no, I exactly. love it. I love yeah. it. So, tell the listeners about, about I Am Robotics. I mean, I'm just fascinated by robotic technology and the fact that these things are out in warehouses, making people's lives a lot simpler, making things safer. Tell us about I Am.
0: Yeah, so Tom founded the company uh, in late 2012, or early 2013. He and another co founder, Vladimir Alton, were working at NREC, so the National Robotics Engineering uh, Consortium. And they're entrepreneurs at heart. And they were looking for markets uh, where the advanced technology that they were working on for perception, uh, robotic perception, uh, manipulation uh, techniques, um, uh, where where they could apply that, where the biggest and earliest opportunity was. And they actually were pulled into the marketplace, They, they met a customer that was experiencing uh, severe labor shortage issues. They had turnover rates of uh, 40 to 60%. Oh, my. Yeah, you, you can't exist with those kind of turnover rates. And this is actually representative of the entire market, not just in the U.S., but it's a global it's problem. It's a global thing. Okay. It's a global problem, yeah. And, Prove and, that
2: robots need to do jobs that people don't seemingly want to do, right? Well, well this
0: is the big difference between my time 10-plus um, years ago at Seagrid and now with IM Robotics is, is that – you know, then it was about efficiency and, and uh, reducing cost. Today, it's an imperative uh, to bring robots robots in. What what's happening is is that um, you know tens of thousands of baby boomers across the world um, are retiring um, every day, um, and uh, uh, at the same time, younger generations have many different. Uh, opportunities in front of them in terms of work with the the uh, you know with um, uh, working for uber and lyft and and other businesses like that absolutely right the, right. the gig economy. Um, and and they grew up with uh, electronic devices uh, all around them, immersed in their lifestyle, and so they're not interested in going to work at you know one a.m. Um, being told by a computer just to walk through a warehouse exactly. and pick individual items. Makes so sense. we we project that uh, by 2021 there'll be a shortage of about a million workers in this space in the U.S. alone. So really, the only answer to that is automation. It's Automation at that point, yeah. And and manufacturing industries have been automated for a long time, uh, and the warehousing industry is now just starting to. A lot group, of right. That's correct.
2: So tell us how – I guess it's the SWIFT system that you guys have that so automates t- so the So Tom system? and
0: Vlad uh, invented a uh, fully autonomous robot that actually uh, both transports and picks individual items in warehouses and manufacturing facilities. So it takes its instructions from a software system, goes out into the storage, and can actually go to an inventory location. Um, Visually identify the item it's been asked to pick and then pick that. And either do that for an e-commerce order or to pick by batch for uh, retail uh, deliveries to retail stores. Gotcha. Mm -hmm.
2: And I I I just think about especially the rise of the Amazons. Everyone's going online to buy. I mean, retail is huge. The market's huge. So that's automation is needed. There's people that can't do these jobs that don't want to do these jobs. When they do, they they, they turn over in three or four months, and so they're always training somebody. So you have something you program at once. And it's just going to keep going.
0: Yeah. So think about it this way. Um, we as uh, shoppers going into retail stores, we spend about 40 billion hours a year shopping in grocery stores, uh, in malls, and other kind of retail. Just 40 locations. billion. Just 40 billion. <laughs> just 40 billion, 40 billion you know. Now, as we stay home and we put that order through an e-commerce uh, platform, somebody has to actually do that selection. And so we're moving what the work we used to do in stores into warehouses and fulfillment centers. Gotcha. And actually that requires more material handlers at a time when there's less, when there's less available. Of them. Exactly. So there's this enormous gap that we're addressing. And you're which I find just so exciting, reminding our listeners, we're talking
2: to Joel Reed from IM Robotics. And so this twenty million dollar investment now. You can start scaling. This is exciting. Before we before we came on air here, you were telling me that, like, no, we're going to be, like, adding a lot of people. And not just – I'm talking crazy, like, engineers and, I mean, really high-end positions and looking at some new space. Tell yeah. us about – how you're going to be scaling up in 2019?
0: Yeah, so our our goals are to um, scale within the customer sites um, where we are today. Uh, we have many opportunities in our pipeline, so we're going to scale the deployment of the number of robots um, that we have in the field, and so this require and and also uh, we want to round out our total solution that we're putting into the marketplace. So this requires increasing our our engineering team uh, from a product development perspective. Okay. Um, adding folks like product managers, and then uh, you know, building out a, a, a team of folks that supports us in the field, so deployment engineers, uh, service folks, uh, so on and so forth. Um, we're, we're over 20 people today um we're looking to double that growth by the end just of, double it double oh it, my goodness double that number by the end of 2019 i so hope you have a
2: good hr person
0: we're working on that Excellent. actually and that's one of our open positions but um we need to
2: hire someone to hire people
0: <laughs> we in the next three months uh we have at least 10 software uh, positions wow. two to three hardware positions and then your classical right. you know, uh, business support um position so I encourage folks to go ahead and uh, take a look at our open positions that are posted and, yeah. and keep watch. Uh, at um,
2: I am robotics.com
0: Yes, that's correct. I am robotics.com
2: Go there and check it out. And that we're
0: was- also listed on ZipRecruiter and some of the uh, general um, uh, search engines as well.
2: How exciting. I mean, this is the best – must have been a crazy year to go through that process and the twenty million raise. So that, that came from outside of Pittsburgh. What was correct. the source of that?
0: Yeah, it's a uh, family office with uh, locations in both uh, the Bay Area and in New York. So we spent a considerable amount of time mm-hmm. talking to investors here regionally yeah. and on both coasts. Well, I mean, everyone here. I mean, most of our VC comes from out of the region. Is this the first time this VC has invested in a Pittsburgh company? Uh, Yes, that's true. Very cool. But what we're also seeing is is we're seeing a lot of coastal uh, investors that are coming into Pittsburgh. So some of our existing investors now realize that there are amazing opportunities here. Love it. And our existing investor in this last round um, is also starting to take note. I love it because by you having success here, it opens doors for the other companies around here as well. Well, we want to drive the region's success, but we're also a product of the region's success. It's all happening at the same time. Fantastic stuff. Mm
2: -hmm. Once again, go to iamrobotics.com, learn all about it. Couldn't be more probably what you guys are doing here in
0: Pittsburgh, Joel. Thank you, Jonathan. Really appreciate it. Awesome, awesome stuff.
2: Hey, we're taking a quick break, and we are coming back with more Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, and you can learn more about us by going to pghtech.org and head on over to Twitter at pghtech. So glad you're spending your Friday night with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, making full use of our new podcast facilities, as they say, here in Nova Place, our new headquarters. 2019, we're just kicking it off. Couldn't be more excited to be bringing you really the best and brightest interviews of what's happening in Pittsburgh's technology sector. And we're bringing back our friends from Tech elevator. You guys were on probably about six, seven months ago just coming into Pittsburgh helping people get super valuable IT programming skills. Really I mean talk about the jobs that are needed now that are that are in high demand. Bringing skills and knowledge and talent to the workplace, and we have we have Anthony here from Tech Elevator. You are the CEO, correct? That's correct. The yes. man the, you actually said we're coming to Pittsburgh. I did indeed. Yes, I have been coveting this city for quite some time. So exactly. I'm very happy to be here. And then you stole and you plucked away our very own Justin Driscoll, <laughs> our old talent guy here at the, at the Pittsburgh Technology Council, to lead up the operations. And we couldn't have been happier because we knew you picked the right guy for the job. Because no one knows talent better than one Justin Driscoll. So, Justin, you're hanging out with us. Hey, Jonathan, good to see you again. It's good to have you on the other side of the mic with yeah. us. I think it's Be very, back. very cool. Good Absolutely. Time. So, first off, Anthony, quickly, give us the quick pitch about Tech Elevator and tell us why you chose Pittsburgh, and then we're going to get into nothing nuts bolts with Justin about why Pittsburgh's working, what's happening, and really, I know you've had some great success with your first cohort yep. and getting people into the workplace already. I mean, the model's working. That's I love it. it. So, Anthony, I give it to
4: you. All right, great. So, um, the mission of Tech Elevator is to elevate people, companies, and communities, and we do that through uh, an intensive software developer training program that takes individuals who are non-technical but have strong aptitudes and puts them through a 14-week program, uh, ultimately producing a junior developer at the end of the program. Um, we're in. We're headquartered in Cleveland, um, but we've also got locations in Columbus and Cincinnati and most recently Pittsburgh. Are you planning other locations after Pittsburgh, or is yes. Pittsburgh like, oh, we can't do any better? What is yeah, yeah, what is there after Pittsburgh? Life after Pittsburgh exactly. is not possible. No, we are. So the, I mean, the fundamental philosophy of the company is that we we believe in um, the, the, the latent potential of talent in the Midwest. We believe that there are hardworking, I'm sorry, I should say the Rust Belt. Um, there are hardworking individuals in Rust Belt communities who have been sort of bypassed for, for a number of decades now in terms of sort of the active modern economy. And if we can identify those individuals, if we can help them acquire, valuable tech skills and connect them to opportunities in the modern economy. That's great for our regions. It's great for attracting um, companies to our regions, and it's, and it's a path for reinvention uh, for the Rust Belt as well.
2: That's what it's all about, and that's why we're excited that there's outfits like you in town, because we see the need in Pittsburgh. So many companies that need this talent, and it's not there, and we see talent that needs the skills, and they don't know how to get it, and you're making it in a way you can condense it down. And they said, what, 14 weeks? You it's walk out program. ready to roll, as far as that. Because you can become a total geek and nerd within 14 weeks. Right? I think
4: there's a little bit of geekness <laughs> and nerdness that happens beforehand. <laughs> sort of a prerequisite you for just, the program. You as just well. bring it right out of them, and <laughs> You make sure it's in full
2: force yeah, as far as amplify. that goes. Amplify. Absolutely. Right. It,
1: comes, it comes to the surface.
2: Very much. Nice. So, Justin, okay, yeah. we've got to talk to you about what's been going on in Pittsburgh because sure. rumor has it you just graduated the first cohort probably about a month or so ago, is that correct? Yeah, Two so we ago?
1: graduated the first class uh, actually at the end of August uh, and with 13 graduates, and all 13 of them have been hired and are working in uh, various companies across the Pittsburgh region. So we have uh, uh, 13 students graduated in the first class, and now our current class has 27 students. Whoa, so we saw... Back it, up. So you doubled. doubled. Doubled the number of students who were interested in becoming software developers.
2: That is so cool. So with 27 in place, how many how many students can you actually process and teach and Amp up over the course of the year.
1: Well, we, we try to keep it to a one to twelve student ratio with our instructors. Okay. And so we have three instructors. So in theory, um, you can do thirty-six. Yeah. You can do thirty-six. Well then you're slacking.
2: You have <laughs> empty slots. Anthony, Justin is <laughs> slacking right now.
1: He's he's doing exactly
4: he's
2: doing exactly what uh, he's supposed to do. See, Justin, I'm here to make you look good. <laughs> Thank, so, so. Hey, you're welcome. I thought I'd just let you know. <laughs> no, so this is this is pretty interesting. So, so it's so thirty-six people going through. I mean yeah. that starts filling a lot of slots. So
1: we, we should graduate over hundred students in 2019
2: that is tremendous so
1: it's, it's good growth it's the, the plan has been working you know start smaller and then step up to 27 and then step up to 32 right. you in can't January. just you can't just
2: jump into one no. big number because there's a ramp up on but this the demand
1: yeah. for this talent is, is huge and exactly so we, we've seen great uh, employer support companies that are believing in tech elevator believing in these students and in many ways adjusting their hiring practices and adjusting their internal Policies and procedures to accept students that they would normally probably not. Right. Get a, you know Take a look at Exactly, very,
2: very interesting So Justin, what have been some of the key things That, uh, or, or sorry I say some, What are some of the key types of people That have been coming out to this Like who are you seeing, who is, who is, is there a
1: typical student Or is there like a unique story well, behind each one of these students There's a unique story behind each one of them Which is actually my favorite part of the part of working At the right. elevators is meeting these uh, Individuals who are coming to us With such a variety of backgrounds uh, Some of them I, I, You know, the average age of the student is about 30 years old uh, we've seen people as young as 19 and into their 60s. Uh, really? Yeah. See,
2: that's but, what I think is so interesting is that we're getting a lot of folks that are even beyond mid-career. You reach a certain point where you're like, I've 30 years of this. Yep. Maybe I want to... I've we, always been interested in programming. i always wanted to dabble, but now it's an opportunity to, to, to kind of get the skills. Often it's people who
1: are very self-driven, very motivated. They uh, have been teaching themselves things all their lives. Gotcha. Uh, they've been dabbling in tech a lot of times. Sixty-five-ish percent have bachelor's degrees. Um we see people from the retail background. We see people with uh, bachelors of philosophies, music backgrounds, wow, teachers. Okay, it's it's really an eclectic background. But so there's hope for me then. There's hope for you, Jonathan. <laughs> I like this. There's hope for you, Jonathan. I, one day I might just sign up for tech elevator. <laughs> Yeah.
2: I might write you guys your check and be like, look, I'm leaving all this behind.
1: I think that's the one characteristic that binds them all together is they are very motivated, very driven individuals to make a very drastic career change. Because if you think about it, coming into a program like this, they're not software developers. Right. They're, they're they're not viewed in the eyes of an employer as a software developer or someone who can even remotely be a software developer because their background has not afforded them that label, if you will. And so they come here and they lean upon the technical training. They lean upon um, who uh, and what our, our reputation is in the marketplace for good, high-quality people coming out of our training program. And they really trust in the process and work with our instructors and work with our our, uh, pathway program, and they come out on the other end uh, with a job. It's it's really an exciting program. I mean, you're making an impact on people's lives, and you're also helping the employer. So it's kind of like this
2: win-win situation. So, so Anthony. I can add, yeah. I'd like to add one more win to that. Yeah, add the other what's, what's yeah, the the win. Yeah, it's win.
4: a win-win-win. So okay. the, people, the people win uh, because they're really activating their potential. They're getting great right. careers. The companies win because they've been uh, seeking to acquire talent and struggling to find it. But the economy wins. Exactly. So the Wins overall because again, as we're looking at reimagining the city and fulfilling its potential, it's going to come from a proliferation of digital literacy and skills in the market, and so we have the ability to do that. And as Justin's talking about, with a, with those graduation rates, you know, this town will determine how big we can get, but we're very much on track to graduate 100 students out of the program next year. And to give you some context, yes. you know, the, um, the National Center for Education Statistics said that there are a, a little under five, a little under six hundred computer science graduates from the greater Pittsburgh area colleges, and it's it's been sort of reported that about fifty percent of those individuals will leave the city. Well, that's a really right? good point because this is like a retention thing. You're actually keeping yeah. our, this talent here. 98% of our students stay in the market that they were educated in because these are citizens of the right. community. They're yeah. invested
2: here. A lot of them, are, their families are
4: already here. Kids in school, right. you say, mortgages, mortgages, you know, yeah. like you guys are tricky like that. Oh, <laughs> man. Exactly. The, the, the community's got their hooks in. We're just activating them. And exactly. I mean, that's really exciting because I think there's so many people that are like, how do we attract more software developers to Pittsburgh? How do we attract people to Pittsburgh? How do we turn so, current you know, people into software developers as far
2: as that goes?
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like look at what you've got here already just just understand that there are people in Cleveland and Columbus and Indianapolis and Pittsburgh and Milwaukee. They're all saying the same thing: it's cheaper to live here. Why are they all living in San, you know San Francisco? Exactly. We can attract them here, but if you build your own talent, all of a sudden you have some sustainability. Very, very cool.
2: That's why I'm glad tech elevators around. And you chose Pittsburgh as a destination to oh, do I love this. Pittsburgh.
4: This is such a cool
2: town. I, well, you can always make your headquarters here if you want to. All right, I think yeah. about it. <laughs> I think I think Justin's throwing his hat into like lead it up. Yeah. Hey, yeah. If I can just stand back, I, there's another there's a beach like even. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> That's so cool. So we've got a couple minutes left, so Justin, maybe just tell us real quickly, what are some of the key skills that people are learning as they're going through TechElliv. So
1: uh, students are coming in, they're either choosing Java or to train and learn Java programming or C Sharp or .NET Programming, okay, and so uh, and when they're leaving, they're typically leaving the program as junior software developers, titles like uh, associate software developers, but they're typically viewed as an entry level developer. Is
2: there a, a, a particular pay range that you can expect when you have these types of skills? The average
1: salary we're seeing across all of our campuses and graduates is, is sixty sixty one thousand dollars.
2: Not bad for just out of school.
1: Yeah. It's really, well, you know, some of them are just out of school, but some of them are are career transitioning as well. I I look Um, at
2: it like you just have acquired this new skill set. Like you're fresh on the scene. Yeah. And to start out at $60,000, I'm assuming if you got the aptitude, you're going to grow that really fast. Yeah. You'll probably move quickly within those organizations because those organizations are growing and are going to offer opportunities. So, what a cool way to get people the skills. You know, keep people local. Like you said, win, win, win. win—three wins, not just two. (laughs) Amping it up—that is just super fantastic. So, people want to learn more about Tech Elevator, especially with what's going on in Pittsburgh. How can they stay up with what's happening here in Pittsburgh with Tech Elevator?
1: well they can follow us on uh, social media linkedin uh, twitter facebook uh, they can go to our website techelevator.com. if they're interested in becoming a student every student starts with our online aptitude test
2: ah so you give them a little skill test to to just make just sure that they got to the right mindset a little bit. Exactly. you
1: know dip their toe in the water and then if they score high enough they're invited to fill out an application and then come in, and we'll talk with them through a student in, uh, interview and love give it. them a longer aptitude test. Chart
2: oh, chart, there you know, it which goes. Which you need to
1: take yet. You haven't taken that I long can aptitude p- I'll test. I that long one, man. That's
2: no problem at all. You see. You I'm see. sure of it. I'm I'll sure. be in the fifth cohort, kicking <laughs> everyone's butt. I love it. I love hanging out with you guys. I'm so Thanks glad so Tech Elevators is doing what it's doing. Great, great stuff. Hey, this is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council, right here on Tech Vibe Radio. Hang tight. I'll be right back with more Tech Vibe. In the meantime, go to pghtech.org and learn all about the Pittsburgh Technology Council and how we love helping tech companies succeed. So glad you are joining us here on Tech Vibe Radio tonight. This is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And uh, our last segment for the night, I always like to say we saved the best for last, all of our guests are just so cool. And as I always say on this show, it's just I get to have way too much fun talking to the smartest men and women that are really making this industry pop. And someone that I ran across uh, a couple months ago was Alison Alvarez from Blast Point. And we got to talking. She joined the Pittsburgh Technology Council. I was learning more about her company. I was like, please, 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 please stop by the radio show. You have an awesome story. We've got to tell it to our listeners. Like, You are definitely one of the, one of the people that's making Pittsburgh a really, really cool city with what you're doing. So, Allison, thanks for taking the time to hang out with us here on Tech Vibe tonight.
5: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Great, great stuff. So, first off, Allison, like – I've been to your website, I look at your background, and I feel like I'm not worthy to be in your presence sometimes. Like, you have to be one of the smartest people that I know. You've got an awesome background. Quickly, fill our listeners in about who is Allison Alvarez.
5: Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> okay, so I was born in uh, the deep south in Jonesboro, Georgia, my mom is from the Pittsburgh area, so ah. I say that I came back to the mothership when I met him. Gotcha. And I moved here. <laughs> My dad is from, uh, he was originally born in Havana, Cuba. Wow. Um, and I moved to Pittsburgh for Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I didn't think I would stay. And... Uh, I think I just fell in love with the city. But you
2: stayed. I uh, 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 we have her. You don't. Other <laughs> regions. <laughs>
5: um, I, I fell in love with the city. It, it, the people are great. Um, I feel like... There are a lot of resources that might not be accessible to me in some place like Silicon Valley or right. New York. Okay. And it's just been a great place to grow a business. Honestly, it's been a great place to make friends and yeah. build and, and have a family. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy I'm here in Pittsburgh.
2: We're happy that you're here in Pittsburgh. We need a thousand more of you. <laughs> as simple as that. That's why I'm always like so pumped about the Carnegie Mellon and Pitt. Because they bring folks here, and sometimes they keep them here, because they, they get them plugged into the ecosystem. And so, I mean, someone with, with your background, you've got multiple advanced degrees. You could do really whatever you want, wherever you want. And you decided to start your own company called Blast Point, which I think is a great name, too. Really cool name. Um,
5: man, I never thought I would be here. So I was, okay. I was talking to my husband about five years ago where I was and where I am now. Yeah. Um, and I was in a job where I didn't think I would ever get promoted, my husband had just uh, broken both his legs. He and broke I, both his legs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh he, my goodness. So I was driving him around and raising a two year old at the same time. <laughs> oh
2: my um, goodness. And
5: something happened in my life where I decided I needed to go back to school. Um, so I applied to the Tepper School of Business at Carnegie Mellon. Mm-hmm. They were really generous and they gave me um, a full ride scholarship. Wow. And even when I wrote my essays, I was like, I'm going to go work for the man. Maybe one day I will start a business. But um, the entrepreneurship folks um, in the Swartz Center, I don't know if they saw something in me, but they were like, we have to get that girl.
2: I like it. Um, Okay, very cool.
5: So um, I got um, encouraged to take a lot of entrepreneurship courses. I started Blast Point in one of the classes. um, It's a classic
2: (laughs) Pittsburgh story. I like it. You're you're, you're saying all the right things.
5: Yeah, I guess. um, And I never thought this company idea, it was just an idea at first, would ever go anywhere. And... You know, we, we won the McGinnis Venture Competition, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's a thing. And maybe then we, we got have it. something here, right? <laughs> um, we spent almost like eight months after winning just talking to customers, just finding anybody who would talk to us. We talked to over 100 people, just making sure that it was a viable business. My business partner quit his job. And, and even then, I was like, I don't know if this is ever going to be wow. anything. Wow, okay. So we got into Alpha Lab. Still, I was like, "Well, it's just wishful thinking to think that this That's company crazy. will ever be anything that can support me." Yeah, we won the up competition, so um, a lot of what we do is supporting nonprofits and help them basically use data to tell their story and win grants. Um, and so we built a lot of software around that, um, which was sort of our, our first, uh, you know, big foray um, into our first product line. Um, and then, uh, like a year ago, my my co-founder and I sat down, and we were like, we've heard a lot of things from customers. We took a month, and we built two new products, and we were able to charge like a, a very little money for our first product, but for our second product, we were able to charge literally twenty times as much. Wow! Um, and we haven't looked back. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, we know exactly what we need to do now. We know who to sell to. We know how to sell to them. Yeah. Um, and then just in the last year. It, the, the company went from being something you know where i just quit my job i just sort of leaped into the air to something where I'm like okay um, I can see myself doing this for as long as I want um, I love it, you know see? we have I love it we have employees so when I go on vacation things still get done people can cover it and, I know. and all that kind of good stuff a second like, everybody who works with me is awesome they're they're so much smarter and um, more precise than I am. I Crazy. appreciate them every single day.
2: Awesome. So BlastPoint's a great, cool company. I can't even do justice to describe what you guys do. Tell our listeners like, in a very digestible way the power of BlastPoint and how you bring data and analytics to, to companies of all kind, of all kinds and types, which I think is what's so amazing. You cut across everything because we all need data, right?
5: Yeah, I, I think it's one universal. I also think one universal is that a lot of people aren't comfortable with data. No,
2: we're um, all afraid of it.
5: Yeah, numbers are, you know, I have to admit that, like, math was always something that I really struggled with up until I got into college and something clicked. But before that, I, you know, I found it to be, you know, just something that I thought was just a chore. And it was really overwhelming. Um, and so, when I started building data systems, um, at first I was, you know, in my career, I was building them for researchers. Um, but like the longer I, I stayed in the industry, the more I realized that the people who were really underserved um, were or the salespeople. Exactly. Um, and some salespeople, nice. you know, um, the really good ones, they love data. Um, and those are the people I wanted to serve. But they think differently about data than nerds do. Um, and so it took me, you know, a long time to just hang out with people enough and sort of understand what's in their brains. Gotcha. And so our our whole system is designed around um, being able to manipulate data but not have to sink yourself into the numbers
2: exactly well you make it very present you make it very visual so you can easily interpret and see what the data is saying. very visual you get it off of the spreadsheet and into like an infographic
5: yeah place. or you can draw on a map to get information you, you do can, great
2: heat maps yeah
5: you can click on a bunch of things um you know we have uh, tons of point data so you can know down to the household exactly what's going on with the people in your footprint you can know who's comfortable with computers who isn't so if you're going to do some sort of um you know facebook outreach you're going to know which households you're going to miss with that
2: absolutely reminding our listeners we're talking to Allison alvarez from blast point so Allison, tell us like give us an example like of how you were able to help companies like find new customers or know where they should open a new business how, how, how you find them actionable data and maybe i know there's some ways you can do it where there's very disparate types of companies that are all kind of looking for the same thing and you would never guess it
5: yeah, I'm, it's true. It happens all the time. Um, so our, our philosophy is called Same River, Different Water. So we, we build the same software for everybody, but we know even if you're in the same industry, you might want different data than, say, um, someone else who's doing something really, really similar. Um, and so our, our, the whole point of our system is to be able to pull the data in and out um, and have it just match exactly what your needs are. So our customers use, use it for things like um, you know, finding new customers that match the profile of their best customers. Um, People's Natural Gas is one of our customers. And that's Um, so
2: cool, I mean, having a customer like People's Natural Gas, I mean, that's a serious customer right there.
5: Yeah, but they're they're really forward-looking. They think a lot about um, serving their customers and um, how to use data for that. So they use um, us for things like, for example, looking for customers that are already within their pipeline, so they dig up the minimum amount of roadway Um, figure out where to lay their next pipeline so it's the most economically feasible um, Wow, see that's so
2: interesting I mean that works on so many levels and how your data is impacting the quality of people's lives, it's helping more efficiency like that's so neat, I love it
5: they're yeah, very cool. I, I'm enjoying how you're nerding out about this. It's great. <laughs> it is
2: awesome. I'm serious. It's like these are the types of problems that Pittsburgh companies are solving, and that's why we're just so proud to be able to say, "No, check out BlastPoint. This is what they do." And if people go to blastpoint.co, they can also really some some cool visualizations and read some great case studies as to how you solve these problems. Yeah, we, well we've too. got a ton
5: of information. If you're a nonprofit, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, what we've been doing for this year, um, we've. We've made enough um, headway and revenue that we've been able to start um, offering our product to free for nonprofits in town. No way. Um, so yeah, prior to that, we we charged you guys, but um, that's
2: okay. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's probably a very fair price for the powerful data that you're getting in return. But, yeah. but being be, being able to offer that to a nonprofit though.
5: Yeah, and so we've had nonprofits use um, our data for things like um, figuring out how to find um, kids for their daycare program. Um, They've used it to figure out um, their utilization in the region. So, are they reaching everybody that okay. they they need to reach? Um, we've also had um, uh, nonprofits use our data for things like uh, appealing to the people in their own neighborhood that, hey, we need to have a recovery center for people with, with um, opioid addiction, and um, you know something that a lot of people you know might object to having in their neighborhood, but you know with the data you can see that this is a really big problem even just within that limited footprint and and not only that is it's you know these these problems are increasing over time
2: so so interesting and the last time i checked we're not creating any less data anymore so so much more data is being created every day and that data is only actionable if you can understand it and interpret it and that's where your secret sauce comes in you're able to pull that data and make it create answers Based on what people are looking for.
5: Yeah, so cool. I think one of the things that we do that's really special is um, everybody has data, um, but it might be limited data that doesn't quite give you all the information you need. Okay. So a lot of our customers, um, you know, the actually the really lucky ones, um, they know um, who their customer is, is their name, maybe their address. Right. Um, They might know what they almost certainly know what they bought. But that might be it. Um, And one of the things we can do is take other sources of data and we can tell you, okay, here's their family status. Here's how comfortable they are with using computers. um, Here's the wealth level in their household. Um, These kinds of uh, products are bought by people with these profiles. Um, And so if you need to appeal to people, um, have outreach, you're able to use the right words and only bother people who um, will even have a remote chance of converting.
2: Very cool. I mean, that is just absolutely transformative for a company, knowing that they can apply the resources where they need to go based on the data that you're providing them. And so a bright future for you guys. I hear you guys are in hiring mode. We've got about a minute or so left, and you've got a great work environment. You're all about flexibility. You being a very busy person with, with, with raising a family, you know the importance of having people be able to kind of flip around. Tell us a little bit about that, and we'll wind this thing up.
5: Sure. Um, so we're hiring. Um, I work really hard to make um, our company a great place to work. Um, retention's really, really important. Um, so we're looking for, for um, people who are interested in a flexible work environment, so we make our hours flexible um, so that if you've got obligations, you can be there for school pickup, or if you're you know, trying to remodel your home, you can work from home, um, or you can um, have specific days that you have off and work on the weekends instead. Um, we are looking specifically right now, um, for help on the sales side. Gotcha. Um, so we're looking for, Very um, good. yeah, yeah. Uh, getting
2: some non-technical people in there. Yeah. yeah.
5: My co-founders handled all those sales up until now. Right. Um, and we need someone to help you us fill that funnel and keep it, cool. keep it going. Um, so if you're interested in that, um, we'd love to hear from you. We're also hiring for front end development. Um, we, to, to, add to our development team. So you will not be alone um Very cool. we have some really brilliant developers working yeah. for us who are just doing amazing things every day um, and, you know, if you're interested, please reach out to us.
2: Super exciting. Blastpoint.co. And they That's can learn right. all about you there. That's Allison right. Alvarez, thanks for doing what you do. So glad to be profiling you here on Tech Vibe Radio all out of time. Everyone, please tune in every single Friday night for more stories like Allison's here happening here in Pittsburgh. This is Jonathan Kirstein with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. And then have an awesome weekend.
0: Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun-